0: hello and welcome to the help on the way podcast where we discuss all things grateful dead this week we're featuring the legendary december 31st 1969 show at the boston tea party This show is considered by many to be one of the best Grateful Dead shows ever played, and for good reason. The band was on fire, the crowd was electric, and the music was simply incredible. We'll be discussing the show in detail, including the set list, the performances, and the historical significance. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and listen to the vocal stylings of myself, the game, and my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's go ahead and welcome them into the show,
1: friends. Wow, what a welcome! Why are
2: you reading this like a kids' book? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <It> just happens. <laughs> what a what an incredible monologue! Now, did you did you write that?
0: Uh, I I can uh, I will take all credit for the for the um for the stylings of that a beautiful intro. Um no, actually I did not write it. Um Fig, I will let you discuss a little bit of where that um very computer generated intro came from.
1: Uh yeah, that was computer generated, but it was it was actually pretty good. Um Fig got uh his uh greedy little hands on uh Bard AI and so we're going to be featuring some stuff from Bard. I asked Bard to um, provide an introductory statement for the Help on the Way podcast featuring December 31st, 69. A little bit of editorializing from my friend The Game. Uh, Bard thinks that this show happened at the Fillmore East, which is actually a screw-up, but a pretty smart screw-up, since the Dead did play at the Fillmore East, uh, the famous um, Bill Graham venue in New York City. This was actually a um, New Year's run at the what was it called at the boston tea party in boston massachusetts
2: and and can i nitpick with this ai
1: yeah I, please do as because... i
2: i pretty much have been all day uh now's the time I... to do
1: it before they take over completely so exactly. yeah get it out They need to out.
2: know that i'm not on their side so that i'm one of the first <laughs> ones taken out um
1: it's, <laughs> it's making I, notes I, I for one have have welcome our new ai overlords go ahead
2: <laughs> It is not a show that is considered to be the best. I just have to argue. It is not a show that is widely considered to be the best of December 1969. I wouldn't consider it to be a show that's widely considered to be the best December 1969 show that's been featured on the Help on the Way podcast. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty good. They got the, the date right.
1: <laughs> it's all plausible sounding. The band was on fire. Yeah, yeah, I think I've said enough. that. The crowd was electric, sure, and the music yeah. was simply incredible. That sounds like the quality that you would expect of a review from the Help on the Way podcast.
2: Yeah, I've definitely. And they did read it in
1: thirty seconds. So
2: more soulless reviews on the archive.
0: <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> we, we we will see um, how Bard evolves uh, next week. Maybe it'll. Um,
1: well, i'm gonna have bard tell a little bit of a story a little bit later in the podcast.
0: yes that is so true gonna, as well
1: bard's, bard's little featurette is not done uh, we're gonna
2: get this bot to
1: twiddle by the end of the month
2: we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna poison this thing's brain with jam bands
1: <laughs>
0: you guys heard about dogs in a pile <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right
0: well um, now that we have introduced our friend bard to the team let's go ahead and shimmy on over to our channel six news segment Um, And this week, we have absolutely zero to talk about. Uh, There is no news in the Grateful Dead and Grateful Dead music world. Uh, And that's actually a big lie. I'm lying to you um, straight to y'all's faces. Uh, This is a big week in Grateful Dead news. Well, I guess really Dead & Company news. Uh, Say it ain't so, Billy. Uh, Bill Kreutzman has, um, I guess, left Dead & Company. Um, Dead End Company released, uh, the following statement on, uh, Instagram, and then quickly turned off the Instagram comments, uh, to said post. Um, Dear Deadheads, every day things change. After many long discussions and some good old-fashioned soul-searching, we are letting you know that our brother Bill Kreutzman will not be joining us on our final summer tour. Bill wants you to know that he is in good spirits, good health, and he is not retiring. Mm. This is the culmination of a shift in a mm. creative direction as we keep these songs alive and breathing in ways that we each feel is best to continue to honor the legacy mm. of the great what a dead. sentence.
1: What a, I was buying it until that sentence. Go ahead, finish it up
0: the final tour will go on as planned with bill's full endorsement and support see you at jazz fest let the music play the band bobby billy mickey and john um so let's go ahead and now speculate
2: uh, (laughs) on this like uh, cousins dentists brothers (laughs) nephews (laughs) dentist is john mayer So, uh, I've got a pretty good in here. Um, no, I've, you know, I have no idea. Uh, I I see the camp that says that this is code for Billy's health. I see camp Mm. that this is code for, you know, disagreements within the band. I see the camp that says, no, they're just telling us the truth, and they just have a creative disagreement about how to move forward with this band. It just seems weird to me now, because as of recording, in three months from now, Dead and company will be gone. They will have played their last show. It will be in the rearview mirror of of Grateful Dead history. And it's odd to me that now was the the breaking point. Right. That's my only real right. thought. Like after
1: so many tickets were sold and plans were, were t- made.
2: We're so close this to this the end.
1: Change. This is a change. This is this is a change. Yeah. So, here's my take. That's the right. first paragraph it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they're telling the news. That first sentence of the second paragraph, I'll just, I'll just read it again. It, it's the most pr'd, you know, Frankenstein sentence. Uh, yeah, that I've, I've. It th- says th- that's everything the crux and nothing. Yeah, this is the Was culmination. It by AI. Yeah, well, it, it could have been. This is the culmination of a shift in creative direction as we keep these songs alive and breathing in ways that we each feel is best to continue to honor the legacy. I mean, I don't even know if it, it's grammatically makes sense. It's that to me seems challenging. I mean, th- that to me uh, that's concerning. Yeah, that's the full shit sentence. That's the smoke and fire sentence yeah. in my book. Now, listen, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Billy, do your thing, man. Like, the fact that these guys are still out on the road and, and giving people shows is incredible. Billy's going to be doing his thing down in um, in New Orleans uh, before Jazz Fest and, you know, hopefully doing a lot of Billy and the Kids stuff. I, anytime we can see these people is great. It's just <laughs> that press release, especially that one sentence, is interesting. Um, it speaks, I think it speaks volumes.
0: Yeah, it's... um. I guess the everything first... I shouldn't say everything. I, I guess the three big things were, A, obviously, these past, what? Two tours, last tour. When did Billy start having his health?
2: Yeah, fall of 2021 was when okay. he first started sitting out of shows.
0: So, that happened. started happening in fall of 2021. That's also when John started wearing headphones. Maybe, maybe... Maybe Billy hates the fact that John wears headphones.
2: Yeah, I think it's all because of that. (laughs) Um,
0: In our um, Discord, without getting too deep into it, um, we had some discussion when this news first broke uh, about the Playing in the Sand shows uh, this past 2023. And then an incident of Billy jumping on and off the kit multiple times during the same set during the same song uh yeah, and i weird and i, I, I remember that people. i remember that happening um
1: i but guess you know those shows are looser i feel
0: yeah and and at the time yeah, those aren't
1: like canonical shows in my opinion
0: no i agree and at the time i didn't think anything of it sure but now like i guess you look back at it it's like okay that is weird
2: <laughs> It's hard <laughs> like to...
0: you know like that's like like was he that upset about Jay Lane being there? Hmm. Like It doesn't make any sense. How would how good, you're in not good health. You got to have yeah, somebody like, like Yeah. I don't I
2: come from the theater world and and just having an understudy there is so Yeah. just so important to keep in the show going. But And it's not I like had, they had I get that it can feel weird especially For the first time in your career, in your late 70s, to suddenly have someone who's there at all times in case you can't go on. I'm sure that's a weird thing to adjust to emotionally. Um, If someone started subbing for you at your job at age 75, you might feel a little weird.
1: Well, when we're still doing this, uh, when when we're 75, uh, I guarantee you that we will have understudies and and you're going to be okay with it. (laughs) <laughs> because our millions of fans will need this weekly podcast.
2: It's true. It's true.
1: And I guess it's not like
0: Billy didn't need Jay. You know yeah. what I mean? That's true. It, it's not like I could understand feeling weird if you had to miss one show.
2: Yeah. Like you had yeah. to miss
0: maybe one or two shows, and then all of a sudden, well, now we're going to bring this dude in all the time just for Absolutely. stand-in. I get it if it's that. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It was like a fall tour. It was playing in the sand. It yeah. was like all the time. Right. And and I love Billy, but it was frequent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was all the time. And so it's uh, like there's it, also it, likely a money component to this because Jay Lane is um, very accomplished drummer in his own right. You know, it's not like they got no offense, Knob to be an understudy. Uh, Drummer, you know, I'd like to see what Nob could do behind the kit.
2: I'd be, I couldn't do the drums. (laughs) I could, I could vaguely, I could play slide guitar about as good as Bob Weir, um, but I do not, I do, I could not cover the drums.
1: So, you know, whose cut is Jay Lane being on a call coming out of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, either way, that's going to rub someone the wrong way. Because it's either the whole band, and the whole band's like, you know, dead weight, or it's coming out of Billy, and Billy's just probably going to say, I'm not having fun doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm out. I don't know. You know I mean...
0: And, and this will be the last talking point on this, and then we'll, we'll yeah. move on to the show. Um, I think it's very interesting that before it was announced that this year was the last tour. It was always kind of presumed that, oh, like, it's John. Like, John's the one that wants to be done. John's the one that's going to continue with his solo. And, like, he's doing his solo work now. So, maybe, like, this is the end of Dead & Company. Because even in, like, those interviews he made, like, it seems like he's kind of over it. But, like, maybe it was Billy. Like, maybe all those rumors maybe, uh, and, like, discussions we've had of, like, you know, like, well, obviously they have to dissolve the company and, and make a new company without, you know, like, John. Maybe it never was. <laughs> maybe it was
1: always Billy. Well, like, maybe it was not all the above. Or that. Well,
2: and that's that's my thing, is at the end of the day, we don't know. But we don't. We I, guess, I want to vibe, know. But, I, you know... I couldn't tell you with any level of certainty what I actually think is going on behind the scenes, and someday someone will write the tell-all book just like fairly Thee Well, and I will read every page of it. All
1: I, I can to... say is... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, all I can say is, this is the culmination of a shifting creative direction as we keep these songs alive and breathing in ways that we each feel is best to continue to honor the legacy of the Grateful Dead is some PR bullshit, and there's but it, it, it speaks it, but to don't forget of course of course later. the
2: final tour will go on as planned with Bill's full endorsement and support
1: okay great <laughs> um that
2: makes me feel secure
1: yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> this 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 has nothing to do with Billy but it might have everything to do with Billy do you think we see Phil at Cornell
2: so rumor says I mean, I would like to um Probably not for the whole show, but for a handful of songs. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, that's uh. It's the thing up. is, Phil is the kind of bassist that can be like you can bring out a second bassist to play with Phil Lash because his way of treating the bass more like a third guitar mm. often complements players. Like he he's sat in with with Fish and done bass duets with Mike Gordon because Mike Gordon's much more of a traditional low end follow the rhythm kind of basis and the two of them can do a nice duet like that. I could see him and O'Teal being able to play off each other pretty well. Um and doing a couple of, of dual bass things going on. But but yeah, I don't know.
0: Speaking of O'Teal, um I probably just realized this also this this these past couple yeah. of days. I don't like the fact that O'Teal and Jeff are the at company portion
3: of
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Dead you don't think John is
1: the company?
2: No. Yeah, well, the way it's it legally... well, the way it's structured is is Dead and Company is just the four of them: Bobby, yeah. Billy, Mickey, and John. Hmm. And Oteal and Jeff, as well as Jay Lane, yeah. are hired
1: contractors. My my uh, favorite they're... parts of Dead and Company that, 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 are the mean. company. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get it from a, I get it from a contractual business perspective, but like, is John Mayer really dead? You know what I mean? Like Bobby, Billy, Mickey, I get it.
2: It it doesn't really matter. It's it's a legal thing more than anything else.
0: You haven't seen the see, Mayer's I... dead to me shirts. Of course he's dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when this all when this all happened, what year did this all happen? Like I mean, it was like eight years ago, right? 2015. Yeah, twenty fifteen, like when they announced Dead and Company, my sincere belief was that John and ev- and everybody who was not Bobby, Billy, and Mickey were just fun- fungible, you know, uh, assets within the portfolio of of artists uh yeah. that, that these guys could play with. And it never occurred to me that he was the dead or part of the dead and dead and company. Now, you're right, it's just you know, it's it's semantics. Yeah, he, but he, it's, he it's surprising to I part know. of the company, but Right,
2: yeah, it's yeah. I, they tend to because you know, this isn't the first time members of the dead have reunited under a new name with a slightly changed lineup. It was the right. other ones, and then it was the dead, and now it's further. dead and company, and further. I, I'm sh- you know, should something else pop up, I'm sure they can put together another band of dead alum and other players that they can call dead something.
1: Nob is dead.
2: But yeah, Dead and Co is kind of that lineup and I think that's neat. Yeah. It lasted longer than any of the other
1: Yeah, no eight years is so long. I mean, and then through COVID and like to have a renaissance yeah. after COVID, like it's it's yeah. impressive. So good luck to everyone, is all I have to say.
0: Um I think we should get barred to think of some new potential band names <laughs> for for Dead and Company. Um Come on Ooh, that that might be that might be fun um and if you want to show your love to billy uh billy and the kids will be in new orleans um how do we pronounce what show their show's called is it floor dead am i saying that correctly f-l-e-u-r floor
2: Took a year of college French, and it has left my brain. So I'm just gonna say <laughs> sure, so we can keep the show moving. Florida Dead is on. Florida Dead is on April. All right, 27th. all right. You definitely don't say it like the Swedish Chef.
0: <laughs> <laughs> jargon, jargon. Um, that is on April 27th. So, uh, if you still love Billy. Uh, I personally am no longer on the Billy bandwagon. He's dead to me. Uh, fuck his hat. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Billy. Um, you can uh, celebrate Billy and the kids on April 27th, um, and it looks like he's added. I don't know this woman, uh, Molly. Molly. Yeah, I don't know her. She's a think...
2: she's a bluegrass player. I'll send oh, you after mm. this recording. Listen to her standing on the moon. Oh, well, gorgeous. I will.
0: Um. I loved the last Billy and the Kids shows, so I am looking forward to this one. Now I'd be interested in just watching Billy, that whole show, just seeing if there's anything that stands out. Like, is he sick? Is he normal? Is he fine? Et cetera, et cetera. Is he going to hold
2: up a sign that says, the exact reason I left dead and company <laughs> is really...
1: <laughs> that would be amazing if he did that. The first sentence of the second paragraph was bullshit. <laughs>
2: It's just a t-shirt that says, Dear Deadheads, every day things change. After many long discussions and some good old... Fa- oh, that would make a fun lot t-shirt. I'm going to wear that. I'm going to get, get a
1: tattoo of this.
2: That's, that's going to be my Halloween costume this year. The set
0: list is going gonna, gonna to spell out the first letter of each song. It's going to spell, John sucks.
2: <laughs> going to be a long show.
1: <laughs>
0: Like, See, I shows. can still go. Yeah, we're going quite long. Uh, well, I meant
1: I meant twelve thirty one sixty
0: nine. Oh, did you mean twelve thirty one sixty nine, or did you want to go into the uh, barred uh, dog story?
2: We'll jump. We're, we're gonna, gonna do that after yep. we talk about. We'll, oh. we'll cut out this part. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll do that after we do the the MVP because I think we should talk about the yellow dog story before we start telling our own.
0: I can hit that. All right, let's move on to the main event this week, which is December 31st, 1969, the Boston Tea Party, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, it was a Wednesday. Uh, everyone loves a good uh, New Year's Eve party in the middle of the week. Um, and this was quite the long show. Um, I'm just going to read this entire... it's a long Yeah. Yeah, it is a long one-setter, so... I uh, take a deep breath here and. The boys played. Trying to catch Sunflower. I know you, rider. Mama tried. Next time you see me. Cold Rain and Snow. Black Peter. Hard to handle. Mean my uncle. Mason's Children. Dire Wolf. Uncle John's Band. Alligator. Drums. Good Lovin'. The Eleven. High Time. Cumberland Blues. Big Boy Pete. Not Fade Away. Seasons. The Race is On. Silver Threads. Slew foot and dancing in the streets. Uh, Fig, what were your thoughts on twelve thirty one sixty
1: nine? Okay, all right. That's fine. We'll we'll do a good cop, bad cop routine. (laughs) Um or bad cop, good cop as we call it. Yeah, because if you would have uh, channeled our our friend Nob, I I think I would have felt bad uh giving my review of the show um after because knob to to his credit is much more uh tuned into uh Primal dead than I am. It is a taste that I have not acquired um, for certain reasons I think um I have yet to acquire the the taste and and this was no different i just I don't think this was a good show um I will say though that one of the songs they played was Seasons, and I kept reading that as Sea Stones. So if any listeners think that they actually played Seastones in uh, uh, 1969, no, they, they played a, a song called Seasons, uh, because at the end of the show, they just decided to play, I guess they had more time on the bill, threw, uh, threw in a bunch of traditional and bluegrass songs and stuff. Uh, but we get into China Rider to start things off. I thought this one had a good organic feel. I like uh, Tom Constantin's uh, Stabby Fills here. At the end, they start asking Owsley, um... Uh, bear for for Mo Monitor. So it was kind of cool to hear Bear channeled uh at the beginning of the night here. Um and China Rider starts off the set. We get into Mama Tried. Uh, interestingly, Bobby starts teasing the yellow dog story. He says, "Hey, we'll get there at midnight." And Jerry sounded pretty good on this night uh, um on that tune. Next time you see me had some nice harmonica work. I liked Pigpen. Oh, actually I did not like it. So Pigpen and Jerry kind of ganged up on their vocals uh there's they weren't really harmonizing they were just singing the same thing kind of in the same pitches and i didn't understand why i thought maybe pigpen was having a hard time singing however pigpen uh took lead on a couple other songs and he sang fine so i don't know why jerry decided to kind of mirror his lines maybe nom can um uh tell us uh, more a little bit later we get coleran snow and, and this is one of the reasons that i cannot get into, uh, Primal Dead. It's the harmonies. Call Rain the Snow. The harmonies are, are just terrible. Uh, I ended up just uh, skipping this one after I think I listened to it like once. I just I could not listen to it on on subsequent listens. Black Pleader was nothing extraordinary. I don't have much to say there. Hard to handle. There was a good groove toward the middle, the end. Uh, I really did like Pigpen's vocals on this one. Uncle John. No, it's not Uncle It's me. And my uncle was just uh, pretty okay masons had a good drive on this one the harmonies were just black uh i said it was an also ran like it was a decent song but nothing much to say about it direwolf this one was kind of a sleepy country tune tonight uh the harmonies were better on this one i liked jerry's solo i liked jerry's vocals on this it ends sweetly as sweetly as saying don't murder me over and over can really be Uh, but for me that was a highlight we got into uncle john's band this was definitely like a CSNY, like, kind of post woodstock uh feel to Uncle John's band, uh, except CSNY had good harmonies, and tonight the harmonies for The Grateful Dead just sucked. Uh, I thought the end riff uh, was, was interesting, but that's it. And then we get into a part of the set. I would say this is probably set two. This is probably after Midnight at this point, where they just really play this long alligator suite and then a bunch of country songs. I have some notes on this. We'll start with Alligator. Uh, I really like Pigpen's vocals on this one. The jam was fun. I liked the blend of instrumentation. Everyone was uh, getting a turn playing. It was like, pretty cool to hear. It doesn't really go anywhere, but I'll take it for tonight. It was it was a highlight for me. Um, it gets pretty sedate at some point, which is not what I was expecting from Alligator. At some point, it turns into We Bid You Goodnight," which is kind of random because the boys did decide to play into the wee hours and the alligator reprise wasn't great just it was very grating cuz they just kept saying alligator it was after that kind of serene part I, I just didn't like that let's see here i have something for the races on i'm skipping some songs here um if you want to hear jerry singing with a dopey country voice yeah, go listen to the races on cumberland blues was interesting tonight just because it was pretty much a brand new cumberland blues i think it's uh, it was written First performed in, in November sixty nine, so this is end of December sixty nine. And uh it was good. It was a ten minute Cumberland Blues, definitely a highlight. And Slew Foot was interesting. Dancing in the street to end things off. That's all I got. This was this was a hard one for me. Uh, Primal Dead, I still you know, maybe it's over my head. I, I still don't get it. The harmonies aren't great. Knob, I'm 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 kicking it over to you. Hopefully you can throw me a bone.
2: Hey, I I was way meaner about last week's nineties show. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We,
1: we we traded uh personas here. Go ahead.
2: No, don't worry. I you you offered some some critiques. I committed character assassination last
1: week. <laughs> um <laughs> I I, th- I think you're being sued for defamation by him.
2: Thank you. I would I would say that it's fair. Um <laughs> I later sent a text to you saying that I knew the show was really good. Um <laughs> Um <laughs> So nice. I you know I like Primal Dead. Um this isn't my favorite Primal Dead show as I I said in the the intro. It's not my favorite December 69 Primal Dead show. It's not my favorite show of this this new year's run. But I think there is some good in here. I think there's some really fun stuff. Um The China Rider is a fun opener. The Dead had only been playing that that combo for about 3 months at this point. The songs yeah. had already been in the rotation, but this was newish that they had been putting these songs together. It was a nice show of confidence. that They chose it to open this this New Year's show. I thought it was a really tight transition. It really felt like they had been doing this for way longer than they actually had. Um, Rider was fun. It was the verses were very mellow and then the solo sections were really loud and intense. And That seemed to be the game it was playing with Quiet, 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 loud, loud, loud. Quiet, 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 loud, loud, loud. Um, I thought it was fun. Uh, It really does feel like a Primal Dead show, because as soon as the first song ends, they start begging for Bear to mess with the monitors. That, that's the hallmark. That and god-awfully long tuning breaks. Oh, I'm in heaven. Um, Mama Tried's fine. The Bobby and Jerry vocals sound pretty good. Phil and the drummers are keeping things jaunty. Uh, I liked The Next Time You See Me. I'll push back. I'm pretty sure Jerry and Pigpen were harmonizing, or at least in a primal dead sort of way. <laughs> Normally they just do those
1: vocals. I think technically, the... anytime time two musicians are playing at the same time, it's technically harmony.
2: Well, if they're playing different notes, then it's harmony. Otherwise, it's, it's unison. Well, I'll take your word for that, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um... <laughs> But but normally they do these harmonies just on the chorus. The well you lied, cheated, blam Oh, right. for so long, I've never heard them do it in the verse as well. It was interesting. Uh, I, it's not something I would regularly like out of the song, but it was a fun outing. Uh, Pigpen's harmonica solo was was just great. I I really enjoyed that. I I I like when Pigpen's there. Um. A rough start on the cold rain and snow, but once it gets cooking, it's a lot of fun. I'll give you. Phil's harmony, a little grating, a little goofy, but if I'm honest with you, that's what cold rain and snow sounds like to me. I need Phil to be pushing the edge of his passaggio. Otherwise, it just doesn't feel right. What if is it, passaggio? It, it's it's the, the break on the man's voice where it's just the last I know that you can actually sing in your chest voice. It's going to oh, sound like so straining, unless Phil's you're very good range. at it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, the, the tip top of the range. Well, no, his entire, like, you know, the A to Z of oh, Phil's yeah. range is, is that.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Um, An early Black Peter uh, in the show, but it kind of makes sense because Working Man's hadn't been out yet. This was just a new ballad for the dead. Um, I really like the organ sound here, some really nice uh, touches there. Uh, Jerry's vocal delivery is gorgeous, and I had never heard the bridge without harmonies in it. That was an interesting touch, and it, it just really highlighted how strong Jerry's voice is at this stage of the game. Um, it's, a, it's a slow hard-to-handle, but I I just like the hard-to-handles from a little bit later, so that's kind of a me problem more than a problem with this hard to handle it's grooving more than it's driving which just doesn't feel and you'll forgive me for this it doesn't feel hard to handle um Ooh. but it is great to hear pigpen's voice and so i i i you know i would still put it in the middle of of songs i liked but it's definitely not at the top um some some choppy harmonies on mason's children definitely uh, anytime the band sings, I like the song less, but I really liked the jam. Uh, yeah. There was some really zippy underscoring from the rhythm section, and it was almost worth sitting through four minutes of pitchiness to get those three minutes of bliss. Um, an early, slow, direwolf. I think it's really funny that Jerry says, we want you to sing along, because again, Working Man's had not come out. These these people had not heard this song before yet. Nevertheless, um, well, especially in
1: Boston, you know, this is not New that's York. The,
2: like they're this not even the... they're they're not even in San Francisco. Like they're right. in Boston.
1: Well, anyway. maybe maybe they played it. I can do some sleuthing. Maybe they played. They it could it a have played it before. the two nights before. Yeah, but, but
2: then that's kind Take of a like a um,
1: little pretentious to be like. <laughs> were you paying attention? <laughs> you
2: definitely know this one.
1: Yeah, you definitely remember. I look at. Um, Go ahead.
2: Anyway, uh, the Uncle John's is fun. There's almost like a working man's dead feel to Uncle John's band. It doesn't have that slightly intenser arrangement that it will have in the 70s and especially 80s and 90s. Um, I I do think that this middle like bit of the show loses a little bit of steam around Black Peter that it never quite recovers until what I. I'm pretty sure is a set break leading into alligator. Um I I think it's really funny that Bob does the yellow dog story and it gets nothing from the audience. <laughs> After he <laughs> they, teased it. He he teased it, they were so excited and then he actually tells it and he gets to the punchline, no response. There is no audible laughter at the end of the yellow dog story and it's it's just great. I love it. Um I like, as, as you could imagine, from, from who I've chosen to be as a person, I really enjoyed this, this alligator through the 11 sequence, especially the later half. Uh, the alligator's fun. It's a slow but groovy, groovy vibe. Groovy vibe. Um, that Anyway. yeah. Uh, the harmony bits are pretty wonky, but it's some fun dance and music. Some really nice Billy and Mickey interplay on drums. The post-drums jam had some really great Jerry and Phil stuff. It almost sounded like this was going to go into the Eleven at one point. Um, the end. We Bid You good night. jam was, was neat just to hear. It's not an all-time great alligator or anything, but it's a good example of the jams you come to Primal Dead for. I wasn't huge on Caution, but that's... My one, that's my one song that just has not clicked for me with Primal Dead is I, I just don't get caution. Um, it, it just kind of felt like it was treading water until we got to the weird shit at the end leading into feedback. And I, I hate that this is the person who I, I am, but I thought feedback was really cool. <laughs> I, I like that it focused on both the high and the low ends of the feedback. If it went on for like another minute or two, I'd have gotten really annoyed, but I thought it was a really nice length. For those weird kind of sounds, uh, I really liked the Good Lovin' drums, the 11. This is one of my highlights of the show. It's a really tight Good Lovin' intro. Uh, the song is short but sweet. Uh, a really awesome high energy drums taking us into the 11, which had great, great energy. Uh, I love the way that The 11 will get into a trance and you'll it'll just do that loop over and over and a little bit quieter and you get into it and then suddenly they bring back that energy and bam bam bam, 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 bam and they're exploding. Oh, it was great. I really enjoyed The 11. Um a pretty but sparse high time which took forever to end. Yeah. Uh a really nice vibe to the Cumberland Blues. This is definitely a highlight of the show for me. Uh, a little Cosmic Country vibes. Like, there's yeah. a little yeehaw, but ten, a little space. Ten-minute
1: long Cumberland. Like, that's, that's yeah. exceptional. Yep.
2: Yeah, it was a nice use of dynamics. My only real qualm is Phil's overexcited bridge harmonies. But other than that, I thought it was a strong Cumberland. Um, I, I, thought Pig, I thought Big Boy Pete was one of the strongest, tightest songs of the night. If there is any song that proved that it should stay in the Grateful Dead rotation based on this show alone, (laughs) Big Boy Pete is at the top of that list. It is crazy to me how good the Big Boy Pete was. Pigpen sounded great, but like everyone did. It had the cleanest harmonies of the night. Everyone was nailing all the little beats and and hits. It was... I cannot stress enough for a three-minute song how in awe I am at Big Boy Pete, and how much I wish they played it more than eight times. Um, and we, and we feature
1: Big Boy Pete.
2: Yeah, this is our second recently, Big Boy Pete. Yeah. Uh, a little while ago, I liked it, and I liked it then too. But but this one has wowed me. This is a uh, this would go on my my Gen. book of the Big Boy Pete's.
1: <laughs> um, the, pan- the pantheon okay. of Pete's.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, Rippin' Not Fade Away, in my opinion. Bobby jumps in a little too soon with the initial vocals, but once it gets going, it's smokin'. Some really good vibes on the harmonies. Jerry is rippin'. I've never heard Pigpen get so involved in a Primal Dead Not Fade Away, but he had his own little counter melody going, which was nice. And then, yeah, we get to this odd country music section of the evening. A rare Bobby ballad in the form of Seasons, uh, second of six ever times playing that song. i if I could go back in time, I would ask The Grateful Dead to play it like a whole step lower, just so everyone is vocally straining a little bit less. But I thought it was a fine sounding song. Um, it's a good race is on, but this is the part of the evening where I'm getting confused about the country music concert that we've now wandered into. Yeah. And then we get to the silver threads and I'm like, did, yeah. did everyone else like? lose a bet to Bobby? (laughs) Like, we were three Bobby sung country songs in a row, and I I had no idea what was going on. But, I will say, Silver Threads could have stuck around through the Grateful Dead's rotation. That sounded really nice. I could have seen that song becoming a a compatriot of Me and My Uncle and Big River and El Paso and such. Um, I only know Slewfoot through Billy Strings, and that's going to say a lot about me, but I thought this was a really fun rendition of the song. It was a good Jerry solo vehicle. That was nice. Um I didn't love the dancing in the streets, especially as a closer. It was a more Motown faithful rendition like uh like Primal Dead is is wont to do. Mm-hmm. This is one where the groove is fine, but this is a song where the harmonies sound like dog shit. If there is ever a <laughs> song this evening where I get your hesitations with Primal Dead, Fig, it is yeah. this dancing in the street. <laughs> Every... Whoa! Oh, yeah. oh, oh, nails on a blackboard. Um, it was worth it almost for the jam at the end, um, but yeah, that, that bit was a bit grating. Um, so all in all... I think there's a lot of good and a lot of fun in this show. Um, it's not all good. I would not consider this to be uh, an all-time great Grateful Dead show, but I really enjoyed it. What did you think, Game? Overall,
0: it was okay. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and give my thoughts on every single song since this was a long show, uh, and you without guys without a would...
2: set break too. Like they, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was because. There's like a. I, I'm pretty sure it's between. Well, you're Uncle right. John's there would have to be alligator. like a,
1: a countdown. I mean, this was New Year's.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. There, you're right. There had to be a countdown.
2: And, and they said and the yellow dog story fades in in the middle. I, right. I, theorize that there is a set break somewhere in here.
0: Overall, the show was okay. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Primal Dead as. Uh, as may be known. So uh there is some stuff that stuck out. I really did enjoy hard to handle. Uh I really enjoyed the races on. Um Silver Threads was uh interesting. I enjoyed that. Um and the eleven. I really did enjoy the eleven. But really yeah. everything else was just kind of there for me. But it's just because it's Primal Dead and meh. Uh so that's my thoughts on uh 123169. Uh we do not have a scarlet fire to rate this week. So, uh my next question, knob or fig? Does this show make your
3: book of the dead?
0: I'll start
2: and then it's, it's going to be no. Sure. And that's and that's it. Yeah, I mean it it makes my book of big boy Pete's. But no.
0: <laughs> yes, I do agree. If there was a um a book of all the best big boy beats, <laughs> this would be it. But
2: other than that, I even put it the 11 in my book of elevens. Wow. But
0: hmm. book of big boy Pete's and book of elevens.
2: <laughs> a lot of books there, bro. It's a it's a library full of full sounds- books. But inside, it's just my handwritten writing down like two dates of good versions of Big Boy Pete. But it's it's like you know it's like a hundred fifty pages of a book. Um, I'm really running out of space in my library.
0: Um, our which set question this week is quite easy, as there is only one. So yeah,
3: please stick around.
0: Me. Yeah, so please stick around after um, our episode. To listen to the uh complete at least complete as of what we can get our hands on 12311969 uh show um who uh was your show MVP? I want to go ahead and kick this one off. Uh mine was Pigpen. Uh Ooh. I really uh dug that hard to handle. Um that just kind of brought me up. So my MVP was Pigpen. Uh Fig, who
3: was your show MVP?
1: Nob. Who's your show MVP? <laughs> oh, I
2: thought you were saying I was the MVP. thought oh, like, you're always my you. MVP, buddy. Oh. Um <laughs> I I think I gotta go Jerry here. Um my honorable mention is probably Kreutzmann, but uh no, I think Jerry pretty much consistently knocked it out of the park. And unlike the other instrumentalists who knocked it out of the park, there was no point where their vocals annoyed me. Uh, So, yeah, I would go Jerry here.
1: I'm going to echo. I was going to say Tom Constantin, because it's Mm -hmm. it's so rare that you can say that. Uh, But you couldn't really hear him all that well. Um, So I'm going to go with Jerry uh, just so I can uh, drop uh, a cool little quote of his in between songs he says well it looks like the 70s are going to be weird (laughs) and they were they were little did they know how weird they would be for that band
0: all right before we get into our bookkeeping here for the evening um fig i'm going to hand the show over to you for our uh our next segment which has to do with the uh, yellow dog story
1: yeah, so, as the listeners heard, the band, well, I guess Bobby was teasing the Yellow Dog story. I don't know if someone from the crowd shouted to him to say the Yellow Dog story, uh, but uh, he ends up—he says, no, I'll do it at midnight. And he ends up doing the Yellow Dog story, and I guess the whole idea of the Yellow Dog story is that there's no punchline. It just falls flat on its face. Spoiler alert, it's an alligator, ha ha. But... I know that we have some storytelling talent in in our crew. And so I thought it'd be interesting to have Nob give his uh you know try his hand at telling the audience the yellow dog story. And then we're going to bring in my friend Bard who is who I asked to tell the yellow dog story and we'll see what uh computer generated AI thinks of that story. So, But first, we're going to kick oh. it to a real person, or at least I suppose they're, they're a real person. Now, why don't you give your rendition of the Yellow Dog story?
2: Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, I, I play in a band. This isn't part of the story. We're getting to it, I promise. Um, I play in a band, and uh, the Yellow Dog story is used by the Grateful Dead, usually to cover equipment failure. Um, in his later years, Bob Weir would use the, the duck story. Um, but we do a, a similar one in, in my band. Uh, we do the moth joke. And is it alright if I, I tell you that, that story? Oh yeah, sure. sure. Since so, I already
1: ruined the, the, the Yow Dog story. Yeah. Or at least the, um, the plot twist.
2: So, a moth walks into a podiatrist. Uh, a moth walks into a podiatrist's office and he says, Doc, I'm not, I'm not feeling too good. I wake up every day and I'm, I'm just in this sort of malaise. I'm really not doing well. I, I look up at my, my son, Doctor, and I, I no longer love him. I, when I look into his eyes, I, I only see the, the cowardice that I see within my own eyes. Every time I look in the mirror, I, I, I feel as though I'm a, 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 a spider. Even though I'm a moth, just, just barely barely hanging on to my web. Uh, my wife, Doc, I, I no longer see this woman that I, I fell in love with. I just, I wake up and I look at, at some old lady, Doc. I just, all I can imagine is the, the encroaching darkness at the end of my, my, my moth journey. I'm not doing too good. And the podiatrist says, oh, man, moth, you're really troubled. You're not. You're not doing too good. But you, sh- you should see a psychiatrist, not not me, a, a podiatrist. What are you, what are you doing in here? And the moth says, "Oh, well, the light was on." <laughs> that is my favorite joke in the world. I cannot. Uh, credits I of Norm love The moth joke. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's Norm Macdonald's moth joke um, that I love bastardizing whenever my band has equipment problems.
1: Well, I thought that was a really, really well done moth joke.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I really like that. Um, So I asked Bard to tell the yellow dog story. And and Bard first gave me a little exegesis about what the yellow dog story is. And then they gave me an example, Okay, So Bard says, sure. The yellow dog story is a folk song that has been around for many years. It is about a man who has a yellow dog that is very ugly. One day, the man is walking his dog down the street when he sees a group of men laughing at his dog. The man gets angry and challenges the men to a fight. The men laugh at the man and his dog, but they agree to fight. The man's yellow dog bravely defeats all of the men. The men are so impressed that they apologize to the man and his dog. The man and his dog are heroes and they live happily ever after. So here is a more detailed version of the story. And I guess a, a story version of it. There once was a man who had a yellow dog. The dog was very ugly, with a big head, short legs, and long tail. The man loved his dog very much, but he was always embarrassed to take him out in public. One day, the man was walking his dog down the street when he saw a group of men laughing at his dog. The man got angry and challenged the men to a fight. The men laughed at the man and his dog, but they agreed to fight. The man and his dog fought bravely, the man fought with his fists, and the dog fought with his teeth. The men were surprised by the dog's ferocity and soon began to lose the fight. One by one, the men were defeated. The man and his dog were victorious. The men were so impressed that they apologized to the man and his dog. The man and his dog were heroes, and they lived happily ever after. The and that's it. The the yellow. T- <laughs> so there's no spoiler alert that this dog who has a big head, short lo- short legs, and a long tail is actually an alligator. And what is it that that the guy paints green or something? I, I is it paints I think yellow. another. It paints yellow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, thank, thank you. <laughs> Uh, the Yeller Dog Story is a story about the power of love and friendship. It is a story about how even the most unlikely of heroes can triumph over adversity. It is a story that has been told for generations, and it continues to inspire people of all ages. Uh, it's actually just like a, a cheap st- uh, time filler that, that Bobby uses, uh, and, and the punchline is that the guy doesn't know that his dog is actually an alligator. And that's all I have for this segment. <laughs>
3: We have two
0: archive comments that we want to quickly read. Uh, Our first one was from uh, February of 2020, uh, right before the pandemic actually started. Uh, Remember a man called Owsley. Uh, Just to remind everyone that Owsley traveled with the band and made everything just a bit more fun. Uh, And then this person commented on December 31st, 2019. This was Mark. Um, I was there 50 years ago today. Uh, Livingston Taylor had opened the show. The place was buzzing. Such a cheerful alligator. Uh, the Eleven, Fruition Rock playing Just Being There. Uh, so great now to hear that crackling garage band quality. Afterward, went straight to my early morning shift at the Eagerman's Bagels. Extraordinary. That's awesome. I that love pre- a
1: bagel after a show like that. That is pretty
0: awesome. I agree. Uh, next week we are featuring another mid-90s show uh, December 13th 1992 from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California um, it looks like quite the small set list compared to what we just had yeah. but a very
1: similar set list to the one that we featured uh, two weeks ago which I think was a 91 show yeah. yes. right. Yes. you see that Uncle Maggie's Farm yeah, yeah. remember uh, I remember way to go <laughs> home no
2: I, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I...
1: we get we get to experience that all over again. yeah, this one awesome. this it's one doesn't seem
2: that one again.
0: <laughs> this one does not seem too exciting, but these are also the shows that surprise us, so maybe next week's twelve thirteen ninety two will surprise us and uh and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping for the evening. Uh, as always, please go ahead and smash the subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. Uh, you can find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on a service that loosely rhymes with Buy fi so, if you are a fan of Insync and you are listening to the song "Bye Bye Bye," and you're like, "I want to listen to that on," you're not going to find us on that one, but you will find us on almost any other uh, podcast platforms. You may find us directly on the web at HelpOnTheWayPod.podbean.com. You may email us at at gmail.com. and you may communicate with us. On reddit at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead. Fig or knob, any final parting words for the evening?
1: Well, it looks like the seventies are gonna be weird. Um
2: if you have any other nominations for the book of Big Boy Pete, uh, please send them as soon as humanly possible to help on the way pod at gmail.com. Uh, it's an emergency.
1: And we will be Bob's Big Boy.
2: Makes me hungry.
0: We will be releasing the book of Big Boy Pete's um, at the end of June. Um, So please, everybody, once again, please make sure to stick around after this show for the whole show of set one of uh, December 31st, 1969. And thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast.
4: Two, three, four. one two, three, four.
3: One, two.
5: All right. Okay.
4: Looks like everything's okay. It's almost 1970. And we're still living in 69. So if we got to be here, let's kind of go out right. If we're going to end this here, let's do it. Just get really flipped out and just rock it out the way it should be rocked out. So right now, let's welcome to the stage right now the one and only the Grateful Dead. Come on, here, come up.
2: I thought those monitors
5: were loud enough. Well, you got to have a mule, or you can't ride. What about one, man? Yeah, what about it? <laughs> Something, something. Something, something, something. The is always telling you to say something into the microphone, and of course you don't have jack shit to say to anybody, and so you just uh, stumble up your. Hey, you hear that? Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa.
4: He ain't going to do it unless you beg him.
3: You really want to hear
5: about the yellow dog? Hey, I'll tell you at midnight, I'll tell you at midnight. First thing I remember knowing Was a lonesome whistle blowing young the youngin's dream of growing up to ride. Right. From a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I was bound. No I wouldn't change my mind, but Mama tried. One and only rebel child, from a family meek and mild, Mama seemed to know what lay in store. But all my Sunday learning, Through the bat, I kept on turning your mama couldn't hold me anymore and i turned 21 in prison doing life without parole no one could still the right but mama, mama, tried, tried, mama, tried, mama tried mama tried mama tried to raise me better but i'm bleeding high tonight at least only me to blame because mama tried. My mama lay low She tried so very hard To fill the shoe One day Without rest Wanted me to have the best She tried to raise me right But I refused And I turned 21 In prison doing Life without parole Oh, I see me right But mama tried Mama tried Mama tried to raise me Better for it, leading it in eye But it's only me to blame cause mama died. <laughs> Mama tried, Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better, but her bleeding eye denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. These ones over here still ain't for shit. These ones, I mean. These ones, these ones. This one over here is uh coming up, coming along. You could you could turn it up. Oh, no, yeah, oh, yeah. This one yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this microphone one, this over one this way. Yeah, it'll it'll over okay.
4: This way. I promise not to put my hands yeah. over them little things oh, sir, yeah. that you got on the map. Oh, it's wall. starting to ring.
5: Whee! There it is, unfortunately. Unfortunate but true. There it is. Mm. What I mean to say is maybe if I pull this back just... Oh,
3: God! Yeah.
5: You think it's all glamour being a rock and roll star, you? Well, cell oh, I
4: can call i'm sure
3: show the face
2: for a while, I'll come back and play a little later, thank
5: you.
4: Well, it looks like the
5: 70s are going to be weird.
4: I want to run. Wait a minute! Show me all her now would need just to get things straight. Just begin to think to get right. And she looked up and she began to talk in slow. Yes, she did. And she said, Oh, Just a touch Just a touch of more in your hand Of just a little bit lower that stuff.
5: You too. Tomorrow come
3: trouble.
5: Tomorrow come pain. Now don't. Stay much longer the moment.
4: the corner round kind of right out in the street. This one from north, this one from the south. And down and cut that black cigar out, Pete's mouth. Pete hit the ground, yell
5: and scream. Then he took <laughs> his steps and had a free to see. You hear ever down on the corner. show But the spring is close behind Feel tears welling up from down deep inside, like my heart's got a big break. And a stab of loneliness sharp and painful that I may never shake. You may think that I'm taking it hard since you broke me off with a cold. You might wager that I'll hide in sorrow when I might lay right down and fall. Now the race is on, here it comes right up the basket. Heartaches are going to the inside. My tears are holding back, but try not to fall My heart's out of the running, too love scratch for another sake The race is on, and it looks like heartaches And the winner loses all But you're Dancing in the streets and dance around now. Come on everybody.
4: Thank you, Boston. We love you.